0: This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action, and you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on tunein.com, Hing.fm, and upsnap mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Annalee Krueger with Care Rights Incorporated. Thanks for joining in today. Um, today we're going to talk about elder, elder issues. Um, we talk about family caregiver, the caregiver crisis out there um, across, the, across the globe. Today we're going to talk about some self-neglect situations. Um, a, lot of, a lot of seniors are pretty much living on, their, they're living on their own, trying to do the best that they can. And they don't always want to ask for help. Right. They don't want to be a burden on their kids. When I ask my clients, what are your goals as you age? Most of them will say, I want to age in place at home. I want to stay at home until I can't stay at home anymore. And I want to never be a burden on my kids. They also don't want to outlive their money. And so we're going to talk about self-neglect with what that really means, though. Self-neglect is when we have a person who just can't meet their own needs. So they're neglecting their needs, whether they aren't taking their medications pr- appropriately, they aren't drinking enough water or eating enough food. And so we see weight loss. Once, once we start seeing weight loss with seniors, um, if they're already kind of medically complex, that's only going to... Um, make them deteriorate even more and even faster. So when we see self-neglect cases that care right, um, it's pretty easy to spot, um, but that's also because we're the professional and we know what we're looking for. Why are we seeing some self-neglect cases more and more? Um, It's it's a multi-prong reason. Number one is the landscape of families has changed drastically. 25 years ago, when I first started my career as a social worker in long-term care, I could easily go to your mom and dad's house and all of you kids could easily gather around the dining room table and we could talk about what is your aging plan? What do you have in place? Do you have your living will? Do you have your power of attorney? How much money do you have? Because at some point, you as kids are going to need to know that. Or if you're the spouse who's a caregiver to someone, you need to know like how much what your net worth is, what your monthly social security is, what your required minimum distributions are. You need to know like the, the financials of your situation. Why? Because at some point you're going to need to know, or your kids are going to need to know. So, because at some point someone's likely going to have to step in and help, help with the decision-making and help with making sure bills are paid, those kind of things. So, One of the one of the challenges is with the self neglect is, like I said, families don't live down the street from each other anymore. And as families started moving away from each other and you've got four siblings and they live in four different states. um, Who's who's really maintaining the relationships with each other as siblings? But is our mom and dad being checked on often enough? So. With CareRight, what we see with families across the country is very few of our clients actually have their family members in the same zip code, let alone time zone. And so what will happen is everyone's kind of thinking that someone else is checking on mom and dad, and maybe mom and dad are only being checked on once every year or every other year. And a lot can happen with aging loved ones. I'm here to tell you their conditions change very quickly, like overnight quickly, So if, if you're not making the, you know, the journey back and forth to wherever it is, your loved ones live, um, it's possible that your own loved ones aren't getting the care that they need. Um, this is a very, um, it's an onion, right? There's a lot to kind of break down with this type of conversation. Number one, if you as siblings don't maintain your relationships with each other, when you start moving away from each other, if you don't maintain, you know, that if you don't take the financial resources that is, that's required to maintain that relationship with each other and put that effort and time into maintaining relationships with your siblings, then when that medical crisis happens with your loved one, your mom or your dad or both, or your in-laws, then you have to get reacquainted as siblings And then figure out, okay, now what are we going to do with mom and dad? Families aren't, um, families are more complex than they used to be. Um, it seems like when I first started my career 25 years ago, families got along a lot better. And part of it is because they had a a more solid relationship because they lived near each other. So they saw each other, they talked to each other, they communicated, they got together for lunch. But with families being so spread out demographically and geographically, um, Like I said, if you don't invest the time, the energy and effort in maintaining relationships with siblings and your aging parents, then your parents might slip through the cracks. Um, Sometimes, actually quite a few times, I get clients, the adult adult children are the ones who usually call me because they're like, we need to put an aging plan together for mom and dad because what we're doing isn't working. It's not sustainable to continually fly back and forth to check on them. Or every time you try to take a vacation, how many times has this happened to you? Every time you try to take a vacation, mom falls or dad falls or dad ends up with a urinary tract infection or something happens. And then you have to cancel your vacation. This happens often. And if you're on this podcast, you're probably going, yeah, that's happened to me actually. And so if you find yourself in those situations, We really need to be talking, you know, we need to be talking about putting an aging plan together. What's working well, what's not working well, what are the goals? What are the resources? If, or when care is needed, who's going to provide the care and who's going to pay for the care? How is that care going to get paid? And so, and then how are the family relationships holding up through this whole aging journey? So those, that's what an aging plan is. When I say an aging plan, it's that all-inclusive 30 different topics that we need to talk about to make sure that everybody is taken care of through that aging journey. Because if we don't, then that's when you start seeing more and more cases of self-neglect. Probably what's happening, because I tell families this almost every day, I can promise you things that your parents' home is probably not going as well as you would like to think. They might be missing making, Missing, va- missing medications or double up doubling up on medications they might be going to the doctors on the wrong day because they're getting forgetfulness um, they might not be safe drivers anymore they might be wandering out of the home because of dementia issues they they don't have good safety awareness anymore um, they might be relying more on more more and more on friends and neighbors than they ever have before. And that is one sure way to um, to destroy to destroy a good relationship. Friends and neighbors aren't meant to be the caregivers and the supervisors and the care coordinators and you know checking on their checking on their neighbors all of the time. Um, it's, it's not something that people want to do long term most people are okay doing that temporarily but certainly not long term so if you have concerns about the well-being and all of those things that we just talked about with the driving are they eating well are they dehydrated are they drinking enough are they in and out of the hospital are they missing their doctor's appointments are neighbors calling you and say hey sally <laughs> you know this is what's going on with your loved one you might want to you know come and check on your loved one so if those are kind of triggers that definitely tells you that we need to be talking about putting an aging plan in place. Um, so family landscape has changed. People live further away. Families are more complicated. They may not get as lo- get along as well as they used to, unless they've really done a good job of maintaining that communication with each other. Because that's really what it boils down to, is, is how well does a family communicate with each other? Um, so that when that crisis happens or as mom's dementia progresses, You know, this isn't the first time that you guys are talking about the what ifs with aging. So um, the other challenge can be, though, you might be sitting there thinking, yeah, well, Anna Lee, that's hunky-dory. But we've tried to have these kind of conversations. We've, we've, We've checked in on mom and dad several times throughout the year, and we've tried to tell them, you guys need more care, or this just isn't working. And we get so much pushback from them that we just quit trying. And there's a lot of you in that boat as well. There's a lot of people I talk to, a lot of adult kids that say, you know, we saw the writing on the wall two years ago. We're just waiting for that next shoe to drop where they don't have a choice anymore about where they live or who's going to provide their care because because the situation will come to a head and then they won't have a choice. And so that's what some families are waiting for. And again, it doesn't have to be that way. If you have a neutral third-party person to lead this family meeting and say, look, If you want to have mom and dad if you want to have good quality care and quality options as you age we need to talk about this this and this i can tell you from working with families that a lot of times um, parents might think that well i named my oldest son to be the power of attorney for finances so he's going to take care of all things financial and i don't have to tell him anything he'll just figure it out on his own so they don't give you any clues like Here's where the bank accounts are. Here's where the passwords are. Here's what we have for insurance. (laughs) You know, sometimes parents name their oldest daughter to be the healthcare power of attorney. um, And they also assume that means that that daughter is going to be that caregiver as well. So, you know, the other day I had my dog at the dog park and this guy said the exact same thing. He goes, well, my daughter is going to be my caregiver because I named her to be my healthcare power of attorney decision-maker. I was like, Oh, Harry, no, no, no. <laughs> I said, does your daughter know that you're expecting her to be your caregiver? Well, I I've never told her about that. I just, she just, she should just know that that comes along with being the power of attorney. And I said, no, I said naming her as a decision maker is very different than expecting her to be the caregiver. Those are two totally different roles. And I said, you know, if that's your expectation, you need to talk to her about that because she may or may not be on board with that. But what is your relationship like? Do you have a strong enough relationship that, that she wants to be your caregiver? Does she have the temperament to be a caregiver? Does she have the physical ability to be a caregiver? I can't tell you how many of my adult daughters who might be in their sixties or seventies, they're like, I am not retiring from my work to be your caregiver. <laughs> you know, I'm retiring so I can spend time with the grandkids or travel or all those kind of things. Um, and they may not have the finances um, to be able to be a caregiver because if you're a caregiver, you're it's hard to manage your career and also be a full time caregiver. Um, and while we're on the caregiver topic. Um, that caregiving role can snowball very, very quickly. So it might start out as if you're, if you're thinking and you're on this podcast, you're thinking, I don't know, am I a caregiver? And I can tell you that you, you probably are, and you just don't think about it, but it starts out so small and so kind of subtle, like, you know, Hey, can you swing by and pick up a gallon of milk? Or can you do this? Can you go and fill up my car? Can you go wash my car? Um, Hey, I need a lift to the bank. Can you, can you, drop me off at the bank. Um, so it starts out kind of small and then the more that you spend time with your parent, you're like, Ooh, things aren't going very well here. (laughs) Um, and so then you start, you know, doing laundry and then you start going over every Saturday and then you start going over Saturday and Sunday to clean the house, do laundry, make sure that their medications are set up and look at their calendar to see what they have for doctor's appointments. And then you get the call from the doctor's office that, you know, mom's missed her last three doctor's appointments. Um, So then it just naturally starts snowballing. Right. And then pretty soon you find yourself taking time off work to go to doctor's appointments, um, which can take all day. Um, One appointment can take all day. Um, You start finding that you are missing vacations. You're missing your kids' soccer games or your grandkids' games. And it starts to not feel very comfortable. You're like, I don't I didn't sign up for all of this right? And so if this is starting to feel like you and your life situation, we definitely need to talk. Um, my name, in case you're just jumping in on this podcast, my name is Anna Lee Kruger. My company is called Care Right Incorporated, um, wwwc We put aging plans in place, do family, facilitate family meetings for families across the country. We use Zoom. We use this very same technology that is on this podcast. So we schedule a time with all of the interested family members and we put an aging plan in place so that the caregiver doesn't get burned out. Um, another issue with self-neglect. Today's topic is about about self neglect and why that happens with elderly people or elderly loved ones. Kind of, why is, why is this a a booming issue? Um, Because obviously we have what we're, what we call in healthcare, the silver tsunami. We have all these people getting older, they're aging and families living across the country and trying to balance careers, their own families. And then they start to realize, Ooh, mom and dad need more care, more supervision. And with the, the landscape of families, um, we've got, you know, you you might very well be overseeing the care of up to six people, six aging loved ones, your mom, your stepdad, your dad, your stepmom, <laughs> your in, in-laws, which you may or may not like, but now you're coordinating care and becoming their caregiver. And then most of us have that straight aunt or uncle who either outlived their kids or never got married. And now they need someone to oversee their care too. So some of my daughters, I call my daughters when they call me because they're stressed out and they literally feel like they're about ready to crack. And rightfully so, because they just, nobody can, nobody can manage the responsibility of all of these aging parents or even one aging parent. If you have a very demanding job or a demanding family or your health is compromised or your finances are compromised, um, you can only do what you can do. And that's why putting that aging plan in place is, is so significant. I, um, might've mentioned this on my last podcast a couple of weeks ago, but I, I did a non-scientific study a couple of years ago. I asked my daughters and my sons who called to put an aging plan in place. I said, how much money, just out of curiosity, just how much money have you been spending on just airfare, like travel, like airfare, car rentals and hotels, the year before you retained Care right to help you put that aging plan in place. The average out-of-pocket was $15,000 per family. Why? Because when you get that crisis call, mom's in the hospital again. Airfare is not $69 like Frontier says it is if you book it out six months in advance, right? Airfare is like $1,200 depending on where you're flying from. Then if you have to rent a car because your parents either don't have a car or you don't want to drive what they have, which that can often be the case, um, and then you've got, your, you've got your hotel rental too because you may or may not have the relationship to be able to stay at your parents' house where they may not even have a house to stay in or it may not be in the cleanliness or the condition of the house that you might want to spend a week or two in, and that's that 15000 out of pocket like i said that that's just airfare that is not time away from work that's not missing career opportunities that's not that's not anything about declining that job promotion because you know that you've got to be available to take care of aging parents and if your job promotion is traveling and you you can't travel because you're already traveling here and there to check on your aging parents these adult kids are financially jeopardizing themselves and their, their own, um, their own retirement ability. So, so it it really is an issue out there. Another, another, um, point to bring up is that 58% of caregivers who feel they did 50% of caregivers who feel they did not have a choice in becoming a caregiver said there was no discussion ahead of time and it was totally unexpected. This is out of a, study that um, just came out. Um, I just got it a couple weeks ago. And so 58% of family caregivers just kind of got thrust into this position without any kind of family meeting, any kind of conversation about, hey, if we have a stroke or, or this or this or this happens, here's what our plan is. You as adult children, most of you will find yourself thrust in that role of being a caregiver and it doesn't always feel good. And you may not always have the Patience that's required to be a caregiver and it also makes a difference. Like if you're a caregiver to a mom that has a broken hip, we know that that's just going to be a temporary three, four, maybe six week kind of scenario. But if your loved one has dementia, that that's a long, long disease. That can be a 20 year commitment there. If if you've signed yourself up or got thrust in the role of being a caregiver, that's a long disease or Parkinson's disease or MS, where it's continually progressing, um, not for the better. They're gonna need more and more care and more and more oversight. So you really, I can't stress it enough, you have to start having these conversations or at least start thinking about it. And if you need help with thinking about it more, please give me a call. Um, so at least I can give you some pointers on if you are gonna to try to facilitate your own family meeting, there's a, there's a lot of risk to do that because number one, relationships are usually strained. By the time families do call me, re- their relationships across the board with their spouses, with their families, with their siblings and with their parents are pretty strained. So my hope would be that if you're listening to this podcast that you don't wait until you're kind of, until your back is against the wall, so to speak, to start having these conversations that we do this proactively. That said, I know human nature I know that people don't want to have these conversations. They're intimidating. They're scary. You may not have the relationship to have these type of like big, deep conversations. And the other thing is you're in uncharted territory. You probably don't know what to talk about or what needs to be talked about. So for example, people will say, I want to age in place at home. That's where we see all this kind of self-neglect, right? They're in their own home. Well, then that means that you have to be willing, if your goal, Ethel and Marvin, is that you want to age in place at home and stay at home until you die, that's what aging in place means, until you can't be there anymore for whatever reason, then that means you need to be willing to bring, bring in professional caregivers that are trained, that are licensed and bonded, that ideally, <laughs> that you bring in trained and licensed and bonded caregivers that are trained in what your specific needs are and that's a whole nother podcast is like how to interview these caregivers and these home care companies it's that's a whole nother podcast but anyway then that means if if your goal is to age in place at home you need to be willing to to pay for care coming in and across the board across the nation it's about 25 ish an hour to have one caregiver come to you and most home care companies because of the applicant pool that we have it's harder to find good quality caregivers and so because of the applicant pool and because of the way that our health care model is set up most home care companies have a three to four hour minimum so that means that they don't most of them nowadays don't come in for an hour or if you still can find those home care companies they charge you premium rates for that because no one wants a one-hour shift right so that's why most home care companies have shifted into hey if if you want to become a client of ours we need a commitment out of you that it's going to be 20 hours a week or you know whatever hours a week and that's that's kind of where they're at because of the staffing pool or the applicant pool that we have and plus these folks, you know, these caregivers, they do hard work. Obviously they're doing something that we either can't or don't want to do ourselves. So we're paying someone else to do the work that we can't or don't want to do. Right. So they only make 12 or fifteen, twelve to $15 an hour. And some of them have insurance and some of them don't. Some of them have benefits and some of them don't. So it's hard work. They're not paid well. They're not necessarily appreciated. Um, whether it's by the, by their employer or by the customer. (laughs) Um, So it's hard work and it's hard to find really good people. So, um, So that's one thing to think about is if your goal is to stay at home, you have to be willing to bring in help of some sort and you have to be willing to pay for it. You have to pay for it. So how did you plan financially, right? So when we do aging planning, it's comprehensive. That's great that your goal is to age in place at home, so if that's your goal, then that means you need to be willing to shell out three to $4,000 a week in the event that you need full-time care 24-7. If you want live-in care, some companies still do that. Not many, but some home care companies still offer that. And that's roughly $275 a day to have live-in care. So when you do the math, it can get pretty pricey. And so I can also share with you that people um that are my client's age (laughs) they don't like the idea of shelling out six or seven thousand or if they need two caregivers because they're a bigger person and they need two caregivers for the home care company to say yeah we'll take care of you at home but it's going to require two caregivers because you're either tall or you're obese or maybe there's two of you you have two parents and they both you don't share a caregiver right so they get their own caregiver so that could be you know, sixteen, eighteen thousand dollars 18000 a month, if you decide to stay at home. The other thing to think about is that you also will have physical therapists coming in and out of the house periodically, you'll have occupational therapists, you'll probably have people like me, who oversee the care and say, Look, this isn't this isn't happening correctly, we need to make sure that, you know, you're offering enough water for the patient, you know, so someone to oversee the care and make sure that they're getting the care that they need and that they're paying for. And so you they they have a lot of traffic like come in and out of the house and with a healthcare, um, it's not just healthcare. It's seemingly most industries struggle with staff retention, employee retention. And so if you're relying on 24/7 care and the home care company is short or they don't have enough um, caregivers to send out, or if you're a difficult family, the caregivers have a, they can decide if they want to work with you. So they have a choice. And if if your loved one is very difficult, caregivers aren't going to want to come out there. And so then what are you going to do? And so that's a challenge. I just dealt with that again last week. It is a very difficult, very difficult uh, person was needing care. And every every caregiver that this company sent out, they were refused or they were fired or they were just treated so poorly that they're like, I don't want to go back to that house. They're, they're just mean people. <laughs> so if your loved one is like that, that's something to be thinking about too. So, so the cost and then the traffic of in all these people in and out of the house. So, so when people say they want to age in place at home, then, then they need to be prepared to pay for it and have all these people coming in and out. And that's how you avoid the self-neglect is having these professionals coming in to make sure that they are getting the care that they need and hydrated and food and they're not losing weight or if they are losing weight, why are they losing weight? Um, so that's that's another issue with self-neglect. Um, another reason why self-neglect happens is corporate America has changed. When I, again, first started doing this 25 years ago with families, um, employers were seemingly much more family Oriented. So, what I mean by that is, twenty-five years ago, I would have families say, "Yep, yeah, my boss, my do- my boss told me that you know take the time that you need, whatever you need, get your family squared away, and then and then we'll be here when you're ready to come back to work." Well, it's just it's just really not like that anymore. And if you have a sales job or you're a realtor. Or you have to meet certain sales targets and you're, you can't meet them because you're flying back and forth to Tennessee to check on your parents. You know, you've got one parent in Tennessee. You've got your other parent in Utah. You, you only have so much time and energy, right? Those are two finite resources that we have, time and energy. And so if you're not meeting your sales numbers, for example, your boss might say, look, sorry, Charlie, but I can replace you with someone who's de- you know, devoted to their job. So my typical daughters and sons, they're torn because they're trying to achieve a career status, right? You're trying to do the best you can in your career, but you're also emotionally torn because you've got aging parents that may or may not live near each other or near you, and you're just trying to divide your time the best that you can and still maintain your own family life and quite honestly, your sanity. And at some point, one of those will start to crumble and then the rest of them will too, if you don't put a plan together. Um, If you're just jumping on this podcast, this is Anna Lee Kruger with Care Rights Incorporated. We work with families across the country to sort out what are your loved one's options? What's your family plan? What's your aging plan? How's your family holding up? And how are your parents, you know, we incorporate your parents, obviously, into this planning, um, so that you don't get burned out as a caregiver and so that you don't end up resenting your parents or resenting your siblings or resenting your spouse. Um, and what I mean by that is because spouses can only be so supportive for so long. When they start seeing you shelling out two or $3,000 a month maybe in airfare and travel um, to go check on your parents because there's not a plan in place, there's no one there to oversee their care. Spouses are usually supportive of that for like a month or two ish. <laughs> and then eventually they're going to be like, wow, this is really expensive and you're gone half the time. Like you're not even here. And when you are here, you're so frazzled and you don't have energy to actually like contribute to the family and to, you know, the family fun, you know, you don't want to go anywhere cause you're just so tired. So you don't want to do anything as a spouse because you're so tired and you're so overwhelmed. So, so that, that's another issue with, with becoming a family caregiver, um, when a plan's not in place. So we talked about the landscape of families has changed. Um, families don't live, most families don't live near each other, um, to really lean on each other. Like they used to be able to do, and, um, families will sometimes take shifts. Like, well, I'll take, You know, I'll take the second week of each month to check on mom. Well, we need to, we need to coordinate as a family and a team. Okay. These are what mom's needs are. These are what dad's needs are. Who's going to meet them? Or what do we need to outsource to someone else as a professional to make sure that their needs are met and to make sure that you as a family, keep your sanity. And any of you listening to this podcast who are in, in these shoes, you know what I mean, sanity, you know what I mean? Cause that's what most people tell me when they're in the throes of this caregiving, they're like, I, I don't know. I, I don't have anything left to give. And I don't want you to get to that point. So before you get to that point, we we definitely need to talk. If you're already at that point, don't lose hope. We it's just, now we're just in crisis planning instead of proactive planning. So we talked about self-neglect with the family landscape changing. We talked about how elderly parents don't always want to share what we need to know as kids. They don't always want us to know their finances. They, for whatever reason, maybe they don't have a lot. And so they might be a a bit embarrassed by that, or maybe they have a lot of money and they don't want you to be financially motivated all of a sudden (laughs) because of inheritance and stuff like that. I just, I see a lot. So, um, So that's out there. Not, not everybody's like that, but some people are. So we talked about family landscape change. We also talked about corporate America often is not as family oriented because it's a business, right? And if you're in a business and you're the employee and you're a revenue driver for that business, you kind of have to be there to make the money for the company if you want to keep your job. So again, we talk about how these families are just torn between trying to balance career and try to balance home life and try to balance their health and their social life, and all of those kind of things, and when you get burned out, um, then we start to see, you know, your parents not doing as well, because there's no one there to check on them, because maybe you can't afford to keep flying back and forth, maybe you did lose your job, and now you can't fly back and forth to check on your parents, or maybe now you had a big fight with your siblings, and now everybody's just kind of doing their own thing, but no one's doing anything for mom and dad, and then what does that equal? self neglect. Um, PTO, paid time off, vacation days. Most families, by the time they call me, they'll say, Anna Lee, I'm so burned out. I feel like I'm going to crack. Are my relationships with my spouse, with my siblings and with my parents is so fractured that I don't even know that a plan is going to help. And I'm like, aha, (laughs) yes, a plan will help. Because we know that if you keep on this course that you're currently on, we know that a, it's not sustainable. B, it's just going to keep costing you more money. It's going to cost you something. Time, money, stress, sleepless nights, more fights with your husband or, or wife, more fights with your siblings, more disgruntledness with your parents. It's going to cost you something, whether you, if you don't put a plan together. That's why all my tagline is like save, put a plan in place, plan ahead, save time, money and stress. Because the more that you let this linger, it's it's not, I promise you, it is not going to get better on its own. Your parents will continually age. They will continually decline. They will continually need more care. They will continually need more supervision and oversight. And they will continually need more hands on hands-on care. And who's going to provide that care? Like I said at the top of the podcast, 58% of caregivers found themselves thrust in this role with zero conversation or any kind of family meeting about this. It happens all of the time. So let's let's start talking about aging and let's start talking about putting a plan together. Um, not everybody's a planner. I get that. I, I know that loud and clear. <laughs> when I first started CareRate right in 2011, I started the company, With the intention of, you know, being able to somehow single-handedly change all of society to start talking about these aging issues sooner rather than later. Instead of waiting until the crisis when time is limited, (laughs) things get expensive, emotions are high, that is not the time to have to make big decisions. Like, where's mom going to live? What if dad can't come back home to take care of mom because she has dementia and dad had a stroke? What is the plan? Where are they going to live? What if they end up in two separate facilities because we didn't put a plan together? And then you've got mom in facility A and dad in facility B. How is that going to work? It's easier to visit your parents when they live under the same roof, (laughs) like in a continuing care community versus You've got mom in a standalone facility here and dad 45 minutes away. And the other one, you're, you're, you just don't have enough time to, to do everything that you need to do and still maintain your sanity. Um, and from a financial perspective, um, time is money, right? Especially if you're a business owner, time is money. So um, 38% of family caregivers are extremely or very concerned about their financial priorities Um, The average American consumer is 27% concerned, but 38% of family caregivers are very and extremely concerned about their financial priorities. They still want to be able to plan and, and save for retirement or travel, but then we've got families that are starting to pay for their parents' care or their cell phones or their lifeline or incontinence products or groceries. You know, everybody's in a different financial position. Right, and so um, we've got finances of the family caregiver, the impact of the family caregiver. Sixty-seven percent of family caregivers have reduced their own living expenses because they're helping to pay for their aging parents in some way. Sixty-three percent of families have withdrawn money from their savings or cashed in or sold assets to help pay for the care of some, you know, of something for their parents. Like I said, whether it's facility care, incontinence products, food, electricity. It's so 63% have taken money out of their own accounts to be able to pay for the, for care. 32% of families have stopped or reduced contributions to their own savings account or retirement account because there's just not enough money left over, right? There's too many, too many fingers in the pie, so to speak for, for how much money you have. So, 21% of families have borrowed money to pay for care. So why this all ties into self-neglect is because sometimes families deplete their own energy, their own patience, their own tolerance, their own relationship, and certainly their finances. And then we see, again, the self-neglect come in because without that layer of supervision from somebody, whether it's you as a family member or a paid Um, Professional to come in and check on them, then that again equals self neglect. What are some um, saving graces potentially? Like, what are some options potentially? So again, this requires a family meeting. So there's no way around getting around talking about the what ifs. There, there just is no way. You, you can't live your life with your head in the sand. <laughs> At some point you will be forced to talk about this. So doesn't it make more sense to talk about it proactively versus waiting until you're in crisis or you actually like hate each other? <laughs> that's not the time to start having these conversations. But that's usually what happens is families are so... Their relationships are so strained and so fractured that they, out of, out of anger and frustration, they, they start trying to have their own family meeting. But by now there's just too much emotional junk that gets in the way of having a productive and an effective family meeting. And that's why people bring me in on zoom to facilitate their family meeting. I'm a neutral third party person. And we talk about what needs to be talked about. What is the plan? What's the resources? Who's going to do what? And what do we need to outsource? And, and we need to get these relationships back on the mend because we don't have to have these fractured families. You know, you would hope the aging process brings families together, but I'm here to tell you that it often does not. And it's really boils down to families and their own relationships with each other and how they communicate and how effectively they communicate and what do they communicate and that's what breaks down the family relationship and then the financial piece because a lot of times i'll get families that say you know what annalee i found your contact information but i'm done i'm like out of the picture because i've already depleted my retirement account or you know all these every family has their own unique set of situations right you know or i was a primary caregiver But now I have cancer and I can't keep flying back and forth or I can't keep driving an hour to go check on mom and I can't drive an hour this way, the opposite way to go check on dad. I need my siblings to step up. I've tried talking to them and they just don't listen or they think, well, they're not as bad as you keep saying that they are. Well, I can tell you that local caregiver knows exactly how good or how bad that their loved one is doing. And if you're that local caregiver, you're probably going, Yep, amen, sister. <laughs> and if you're the out of town or out of state caregivers, you're like, No, what does this girl know that she doesn't know what she's talking about? Yes, I do. So, again, if you're just jumping on this podcast, my name is Anna Lee Krueger. I am the owner of Care Rights Incorporated. We work with families nationwide, leveraging Zoom, this very same platform to meet with families across the country and talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And let's put an aging plan in place. Who's going to pay for the care? Who's going to provide the care? What are the resources to work with? Do you have long-term care insurance? Did you use a reverse mortgage on the house? Are you a veteran and you qualify for VA benefits? So what can we leverage to pay for care depending on what your goals are? And does it make sense if you're, If your family is darting back and forth across the country how sustainable is that for how long do we need you know part of our family meetings with our clients is where does it make sense for mom and dad to live like what's going on in your lives if your parents say say a best case scenario because your parents are together and they live in texas for example And you live up in Chicago and you're like, well, you know, yeah, we're flying down, you know, four or five times a year, but it's no big deal because, you know, we're going to be retiring. You know, we plan on retiring in Texas in a couple of years so we can just suck it up basically and make it work for the next two years. Um, So it just depends on where everybody is at in their life, because if that's the scenario, then no, it doesn't necessarily make sense to move mom and dad up to Chicago or wherever it is that other siblings live. If the plan is that one or two or three people are going to be moving down to where mom and dad are anyway. So, so there's a lot of complexities. There's a lot of things to talk about during these family meetings. Like I said, when families try to do these family meetings themselves, it really, it really goes south pretty quickly because you don't always know what to talk about. You don't know what topics to bring up. You don't always know how to bring these topics up because a lot of them are pretty sensitive like dad shouldn't be driving anymore. Or every time I go see mom and dad, their house smells of urine so bad that I just can't even stand to, you know, be in there. As soon as you step in the house, your eyes water because of the urine. So a lot of sensitive topics that sometimes families don't want to bring up or they don't know how to bring up or because they're angry, they bring them up out of anger. And then the message delivery isn't as um, gentle <laughs> as it could be there's value in having a neutral third party person facilitate these conversations so that it's done properly. And just as, just as important as you actually have like a next step after that, like it's a productive meeting instead of you guys trying to have these family meetings and then everybody's just pissed off at each other <laughs> and then nothing still got resolved. Right. But that's how most families, that's the condition that they're in when they come and, and start working with me things, Never, no one ever calls me because things are going well. <laughs> it's quite the opposite. So, um, so if you're in that situation where things aren't going well, that's my specialty. <laughs> I, I find those solutions for families. Um, all right, so self neglect. How can we avoid self neglect? Solutions. Let's talk about the financial piece. Um, what do they have for resources? If you can get that information out of them, what do they have for resources? Because maybe you just do they need to start incorporating home care of some sort um, or some other solution to have someone be checking in on your parents on a regular basis. Because like I said at the top of the podcast, elderly people's conditions can change quickly. A urinary tract infection can start brewing, and voila, tomorrow your loved one is nearly unresponsive, they're lethargic, or they're falling. All of a sudden they're falling, or they're more confused. Might be a urinary tract infection, and so they end up changing very, very quickly, and you have to stay on top of that, because they can go septic, and they can go in the hospital, or they can die. They can die at home because no one's there to check on them, or know that they're not doing okay. I've had clients that, you know, they thought, because you don't know what you don't know. You, if you've never had aging parents, you don't know what you don't know. You're in uncharted territory. You don't know that they have to be checked on on a regular basis. And so I had a family that they thought a monthly check-in was sufficient for their loved one. Well, it was five years ago when she was more independent and she didn't have dementia. But lo and behold, they didn't like adjust and adjust their visit schedule, if you will, as she aged. You just thought, well, they pop in for an hour once a month. She seems like she's okay. Well, this last time they went to check on her, she was far, far, far from okay. She had been laying on her couch, apparently, for days. It was in the summer. She didn't have her air conditioner on because that costs money, right? And so, of course, it's a gazillion degrees in her house. Her family comes in and they're like, oh, God, it's so hot in here, hotter than usual. Well, she shut the air conditioner off because she didn't want to spend the money. And because it was hot in there, she obviously wasn't drinking. And she ended up having a urinary tract infection. Um, and it's only by the grace of God that the family the family's visit landed during this time. And so they called 911 because she wasn't responsive. And she smelled. She'd been on this couch for days, clearly not eating, clearly not drinking, but still her bodily functions were working. So the house didn't smell very good. And so they noticed right away that things weren't going great and they called 911. And sure enough, she ended up going into the hospital. She was septic urinary tract infection and she ended up needing to go into a long-term care center. So again, that's what I'm saying is their conditions can change very quickly and that's why they have to have someone overseeing their care and checking in on them technology. You can use leverage technology. You can get cameras put in the house. um, So you can like check in on them. That's what I did with my parents when they, before they moved down here to Florida Um, where I am, I had a camera so I could just zoom in and be like, okay, yep, they're eating. Yep. They're good. (laughs) So I, I knew that they were okay or yep. They're watching TV or yep. The neighbor came over to, you know, so I could check in on them. I had a conversation with them. I said, Look, I can't help you a lot when I'm in Florida and you're in Iowa. And if you're on the floor and your lifeline button didn't work, no one's going to know for however long until my brother comes in and checks on you, right? Or until a neighbor pops over because they're like, Hey, Your mail is stocking up, you know, so that's usually what triggers someone to reach out and say, Hey, your mail is stacking up, or we haven't seen your parents for a while and want to make sure that they're okay. And then you end up calling the police to do a safety check or a wellness check. Right. So solutions, technology, you can go to Best Buy, you can go to Amazon and get like little cameras, talk to your family about it, obviously first, and be careful where you put the cameras. Obviously I don't put the cameras in the bedroom or the bathroom, you know, at my parents, it was just in the main living room and where I could also like angle it over to see the kitchen to make sure that I knew that they were eating and up and having breakfast. Um, some financial, some financial, let's go back to technology. There's different fall buttons, GPS buttons so that in the iPhone has all this like capability now too. They have the fall sensor and the watch but from a technology solution um just make sure that if you do go that route um that it has the fall sensor and the gps sensor in it because a button doesn't do you any good if your loved one fell and hit her head on the on the nightstand and she's unconscious she's not going to be able to push a button to call for help right so make sure that it's got all the functionality in it to make sure that if she loses if your loved one loses consciousness that help can still be triggered so technology solutions are available from a financial position um, some of my clients have a credit card for their kids to use to fly back and forth um, if they if it's an out of state or just even pay for gas if you have to drive back and forth so some of them will give get a credit card now some people are like oh gosh that's terrible because that there's some liability associated with that. Or what if I don't trust my siblings with that? So there, so every situation is different, but these are some in general ideas that you might want to consider, but credit card um, or a bank card, or, you know, you can buy those visa $250 cash cards. You can do that to help, you know, for your parents, they can help you pay for the travel. Um, some of my clients were, you know, corporate executives, or they just traveled a lot. So they have like Marriott points or Southwest or Delta points. And so you can donate those to your kids or they can donate those to you. Or if you're the one that has a lot of points, you can donate those to your siblings to go check on your parents. So there's some, some different kind of quick little tips, um, and some ideas on how to pay for, for the back and forth. If that's, if your family is in that situation. Um, Depending on if your loved one is close to the Medicaid threshold or the Medicaid guidelines, um, part of that spend down can be used for travel. Um, You can have a certain amount of money put into an account for the caregiver, and that is for traveling back and forth or whatever it is your loved one needs um, before they go on Medicaid. So there's some different solutions that way as well. Uh, Family support solutions. Because again, that's usually what it the financial and the family support or the family relationships is really kind of what breaks people down enough to, to finally call and say, yep, I'm ready to put an aging plan in place. Um, so I, I'm here to tell you that it is not sustainable. This This role of caregiving snowballs very quickly and pretty soon you find yourself in over your head and it's very hard to do and do it well and feel good about it. So it takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of support. So sometimes often times actually what happens is the caregiver doesn't have the support system in place because it's hard to get together with your friends and go out to, you know, Bible study or go to the movie club or whatever, whatever it is you normally do to recharge and relax. It's hard to do that when you're, when you're starting to become more of a full-time caregiver. So, um, so caregiver isolation is a really big thing and pretty soon you start you know having productivity issues at work you have relationship strain at home or with your siblings or your those close to you will say sally we just we never see you anymore or wow you've really lost weight or you look really tired or they'll tell you that you're getting snippy or you're getting really impatient um, that you're not yourself. So if you're hearing those things from people around you, know that it's because they care about you and they love you and they want what's best for you, but it's because you probably don't have a plan in place. And just like what happens, you're, eventually you're going to run out of gas. And what happens when you run out of gas, you're stuck, you're stalled. So at some point you're going to have to ask for help, but so doesn't it make more sense to do it sooner rather than later? The other question is, if you and your loved ones want to have the best quality outcomes and quality care, you have to plan for that. You cannot wing certain things in life. You have to plan for certain things in life. And aging is one of them. We spend our whole life planning for certain things. Why would aging be any different? So um, again, my name, just in closing, my name is Anna Lee Krueger. My company is called Care Right Incorporated. I work with families across the country to develop that aging plan. What's working well, what's not working well. What's not working well is, is always what people are calling me about, is they're burned out, they're frustrated, they don't like their siblings anymore, and they're tired of spending thousands of dollars every year in, in trying to take care of their parents. So that's usually what's not working well. Um, and we put a plan together. When care is needed, who's going to pay for it, who's going to provide the care, what are the expectations. Do you have all of your documents in order so that when that time comes that your kids likely have to step in and help you, um, that you at least give them a starting point. So we have, you know, the, the grab-and-go binder. This will be a good little thing to end on is is the CareWrite grab-and-go binder. Um, it helps you get all of your paperwork in order no matter how old you are. So... Um, today's topic, again, was self-neglect, why that happens and how you can prevent it, and why an aging plan is critical to prevent that. Again, my name is Annalee Kruger with Care Rights Incorporated. My website is www.carerightinc.com If you want to call me on my personal cell phone, it is 239-770-6322. I wouldn't delay if you're in this situation, you'll want to call today. Thank you so much, everybody. You have a great day.